Majora's Mask, Chapter 31, Goron Lullaby. The mountain smithy stood bold beneath the twilight sky. The hammer-wielding giant, Gabora, was outside clearing the valley of tektite corpses. He effortlessly dragged five at a time through the blanket of snow, clearing a path through the wintry lawn. The giant threw the bodies into a pile beside his home, standing tall against the relentless flurry. The skull kid watched from above, sitting on a high mountain wall with the bottled fairy beside him. Tattle lay at her prison's bottom. She watched the slowly forming mass grave beside the smithy. The moon was halfway through its descent, eyes turned away from the mountains of Snowhead. Tattle pressed her face against the bottle, trying to peer over the edge. She was hardly an inch from the cliff and could easily knock herself over before the Skull Kid stopped her. She would plummet hundreds of feet until the bottle shattered, killing her. But even after all she'd learned, she was still afraid to die. Even though everything we've done is for nothing, Tattle thought. Link never did anything to help Termina. We've just been playing someone else's game, and we didn't even know it. Still, she clung to life, no matter how meaningless that monster claimed she was. Tears welled as she lay against the bottle's glass. I'm gonna die anyways, she thought, just like that first Tattle that Link knew. She wondered if that Tattle's remains still rested in South Clocktown in some other reality, reduced to ashes that had blown away in the wind. Then the imp lifted her prison. She looked up and was once more face to face with Majora's mask. The Skull Kid pressed those terrifying wooden eyes against the bottle. <clears throat> How did he do it? The imp asked. How did he use my magic to hurt me? Tattle shivered, backing as far away as she could. He's talking about Link, the fairy realized. In the sewers of Clocktown, he'd redirected the Skull Kid's magic back at him. Tattle said nothing. She didn't have an answer, and she knew the imp wouldn't accept that. <sighs> Fine, then, the Skull Kid said. Keep quiet while you can, because before the moon kills you, you will tell me. I'll force you. The Dark Sorcerer never told me that could happen, so I have to know the boy's secret. Somehow, amidst all the despair, she found courage nestled within her. Rather than cowering further into her prison, she breathed life into that instinct to fight. Tattle flew closer to the imp, swallowing her nerves. Huh! You don't know the Sorcerer's name either, do you? Tattle said. No one does. You're his puppet, just like the rest of us. I might die next, but he'll kill you, too, when he's done with you. This isn't about you or me. This is about Majora, and... Suddenly, the bottle radiated with immense heat. Tattle flew from the glass when it burned her, noting the imp's now glowing hand. When she looked back at the mask, all she saw was anger. I am no one's puppet. You are the pawns, and I will... Burn you all. The Skull Kid flew off the cliff, 
bottle in hand. When Link's sixth sense told him Goron Village was near, he exited his ball. He walked toward the town's entrance's familiar mountain pass. The village hadn't changed, once again shrouded in night. The snow was heavier, and Link looked around to realize there were still no Gorons outside to greet him. Tail flew up beside him. This place is always deserted when we come here. <sighs> They're hiding, Link said, walking to the building where he'd met the baby. He'd grown used to Darmani's immense weight, making it to the Goron Shrine's stone slab of a door quickly. Link looked up to see the same shivering Goron on a ledge just above the door. The guard noticed him after only a moment. <laughs> only a Goron Pound can op open the door, the Goron said, shivering just as madly. It's going to close right away, though, so it doesn't get cold inside, okay? Did his shift ever end? The hero wondered. Or has he been standing out here this whole time? He hoped it was the former. What's a Goron Pound? Tail asked. Link decided that he would answer with a demonstration. There's no reason the guard has to do it for me, especially since he was clearly too cold and miserable to even recognize their Goron hero returned from the grave. Link rolled into a ball, hoisted his entire body several feet skyward, and then crashed into the snow with his hardened back. The resulting shock wave traveled through the air to knock even Tail backward, who watched as the heavy door slid open. Link left his ball and noted the black mark left on the ground. He and the fairy exchanged a glance, though Tattle's sarcastic commentary he'd grown so used to never came. What? Tail asked. Nothing, Link said. Come on, we need to hurry. They both passed inside, and the door closed behind them. Instantly, the Goron baby's shrill crying returned with full force. Link brought his hands to his ears again, looking up to see distress overwhelming the other Gorons. It didn't seem like anything had changed over the past 24 hours. Uh, what is that noise? Tail exclaimed. The Elder Son, Link said, happy that he could speak much louder in Darmani's powerful voice. You think the beginning of a song would be enough to put him to sleep? Tail said. Why are we even doing this in the first place? It won't help us make it to Snowhead. It'll help us win over the Gorons, Link explained. And that will help us get to Snowhead. As they walked to the second story's ramp, Link and Tail kept an eye out for the other Gorons' reactions. Most had their eyes squeezed shut in defeat, but the few that noted Link's white sideburns and formidable stature froze in shock. Only a handful of widened eyes followed the dead hero and fairy as they entered the throne room. The baby still sat in the large chair, his head thrown back and releasing a monstrous wail. Link approached the guards with his hands plugging his ears, and the baby's entourage was barely cognizant enough to notice Link. The hero noted the baby's collection of toys again. He smiled when he saw a pair of drums among them. Link met no resistance as he bent down, lifted the instrument, and approached the baby. The guard's eyes became shocked zeros when they finally took notice of their visitor, paralyzed as he confronted the elder son. Link rested the four drums on his stomach. Link rested the four drums on his stomach, and the baby looked up from his fit of despair. Ah! Ah! Darmy? 
Link nodded. <laughs> Where's my daddy? Where's my daddy? He's... <laughs> but Link was cut off. The baby's sob continued again, as if his deceased family friend had not reappeared before him. The guards remained standing there, clearly unsure if they should believe their eyes. One summoned the courage to take a step forward. There's something wrong with my eyes. You're supposed to be dead, Armani. Link gave his rehearsed answer. I cannot rest until my people are saved. I am here to end the never-ending winter that comes from Snowhead. The Goron guard merely stared at him blankly, arms still covering his ears to block out the screaming. It is you. You can have the food I hid in the chandelier up there, so please, just die in peace. I'm not here to die, Link said, suppressing his frustration. I'm here to save Snowhead. The Elder asked me to put his son at ease, and then I will set off to end the Masked Imp's curse. He turned to go back to his drums, but the guards stepped forward again before he could play. If you really are Darmani, please, save us. Maybe the gods haven't forsaken us yet. Link returned his solemn stare. They haven't. The hero closed his eyes, trying to remember the notes. He hummed the pitches to himself and hit the drums to hear which ones matched. Everyone in the room watched attentively, except for the baby. <sighs> Which is a lot of pressure, the boy thought. He learned the song hours ago on an instrument he'd never played. Using my ocarina isn't an option. He wagered things would turn hostile if they discovered Darmani was a fraud. Thankfully, the baby spared him of more awkward, hesitant drum playing. He stopped crying, sniffling now as he looked up at the hero. <laughs> Oh, that song, the baby said. That's the song Daddy always plays for me before I go to sleep. I'll sing the next part. The infant pushed himself further into his chair, closed his eyes, and sang the notes. Ba 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 ba. Link tapped along on the drums, getting a better feel for each one's pitch. The baby seemed to know all of it too, unlike the elder, and soon he had the whole lullaby. Eventually, the baby stopped singing, and only Link's drums made noise. The infant's eyes closed, a content smile replacing his frown. He relaxed further into his chair as Link looped the lullaby. Tail noticed that even the guard's eyes steadily grew heavy. It's just like that he's right beside me. Oh, it's just like that he's right beside me. Soon, his whimpers became gentle snores, and the Goron baby's head lolled backward as he slept. The shrill shrieks of an angry Goron had stopped. Finally, peace had come to the shrine. Link stopped playing the drums, taking them off and setting them aside. He smiled when he realized all the guards had curled into balls, each snoring in time with the baby's peaceful breathing. Whoa, Tail said. That song! A Goron lullaby, Link said, amazed by its effectiveness. I wonder if everyone in the shrine is asleep. 
Link thought as they followed the rug out of the elder's room. However, he and Tail approached the balcony's railing to see all the other refugees were definitely awake, looking up at them from below. Well, I guess that was too much to hope for. Nerves quickly washed over the hero. He gripped the railing nervously. All of them stood in amazement. Their Goron hero had returned from the dead to appease the elder's son. Darmani looked down on them from above as hushed whispers passed among the crowd. Link glanced at Tail, but the purple fairy merely shrugged. <sighs> Guess there's only one thing to do, he thought, turning to the crowd and clearing his throat. <clears throat> the Gorons of Goron Village, he started. His voice was deep, though uncertainty still came through. He took a deep breath to steady himself before continuing. Um, <clears throat> my people. Likely, you all wonder how I'm here before you now, after my death some time ago. But I, unfortunately, do not have an answer. Confusion followed, but they remained quiet to hear his explanation. Whether an illusion or dark magic, they at least trusted him enough to speak. I, too, am uncertain how I stand here before you. The demon in Snowhead slew me, but that did not stop me from returning to my people. The first thought that came to me, when I opened my eyes again, was not why I had been given life once more. I did not fear that some dark curse had befallen me, or that I was merely an apparition, to vanish after a short period of time. I awoke knowing that I had a second chance to save my people. I awoke with the strength of warriors of heroes past. I awoke with the understanding that I cannot rest until my people live free of our curse. I come to you not as a demon, or a ghost, or a shadow. I come here as your hero. I will vanquish the beast that has caused our village untold misery. And though this quest may be my last, rest, knowing that when the sun breaks free from the clouds, and the grass grows green again, and the last of the snow has fallen. It is I that have saved you. I have not forgotten our struggle, and it is that memory that breathed life into me again. A hero never abandons his people. I am Darmani III. The blood of proud Goron heroes runs in me, and I have come to save you. With that, Link took his hands off the railing, there was a moment of silence. Collectively, the crowd held its breath and never released it. Hmm, did I say the right thing? He wondered as the sun quiet continued. What if they turn against me? What if I have to fight my way out of here? Link turned to Tail, recalling a conversation they'd had earlier. They think I was a witch, Link had said. Or some dark magic user. The Gorons can be superstitious. Superstitious? Tail had replied. You kind of did use magic to do that. Suddenly, Link was dashing across the rocky passage of Death Mountain, the sun blazing behind he and Epona. He held Zelda's cold hand, placing it on his forehead as he sobbed. He led his horse out of the castle gates, resolving never to come back. He'd finally managed to cross Hyrule's borders and now plodded through the forest on the other side. Suddenly, Epona stopped moving. Link felt her trembling terribly beneath him, stiff as a log. He looked up to see a white ball of light. Link! Get up! 
He fell. Hippona neighed shrilly in pain. Then the Goron crowd burst into applause. Link blinked the heavy memories away, and when he opened his eyes, the shrine returned. Standing below him was a crowd of cheering hands and smiling faces. He turned to Tail, who smiled as well. "'It worked!' he said. Link pushed away that terrified voice from his past. "'You have to get up! He's here!' And Armani turned to the Gorons below, smiling. The thick curtain of snow soon replaced the crowd of Gorons, all standing outside and waving to see their hero off. Link and Tail pressed onward, following their new directions to Snowhead. That was impressive, the purple fairy said, as the familiar crunch of boots on snow accompanied them. What was? Goron Link asked. The speech! I didn't know you were a good public speaker, too. I feel like you can do pretty much everything. Not everything. Link said, but I had to get the hang of speaking in front of crowds after saving Hyrule. I ended up being around the royal family a lot. Were you like a prince or something? No, Link said. I almost... He trailed off, picturing Zelda as an adult when they defeated Ganon together. There was a whole life waiting for us, and I threw it all away. The brief pang of sadness was violent and sharp, but he suppressed it just as fast. I was just the hero of time. You definitely sounded like a hero in there, Tail said. I'm definitely not a hero. You saved me in the cave, Link pointed out. I don't think that makes me a hero, though. I just didn't have anywhere else to go. That cave was pretty frightening. It takes a lot of courage to go in there to save someone you barely know. The fairy had no response. He merely flew beside Link, some perturbed expression on his face. He really underestimates himself, Link thought. Um, do you know where we're going? Tail said instead, changing the subject. We're close to where the re-dead creature sabotaged me, I think. If we keep going this way, we should reach the temple. Okay, as long as we're not out here too much later, it's just really dark and I can't light up very much in the storm. Oh! Link exclaimed, curling into a ball. I forgot, I could roll. Wait, no, I can't keep- But Link sped off before the fairy could finish his sentence, already picking up speed. Hop. Hmm. Tail sighed, flying quickly to follow the Goron tearing through the snow. Once again, Link's all-seeing Goron senses guided him. They revealed every crevice, every wall, every pass. The darkness and blizzard were much more manageable in this new form. Hmm. Though I doubt Darmani will help me much against that redead thing, he thought. Despite how terrifying that confrontation would be, Link wanted it more than anything. Because then I'll find Tattle. He didn't have a strategy for defeating that creature, aside from not looking into its eyes. But it didn't matter. He would fight the monster, and no matter how unlikely or dangerous it would be to roll into it out here again... I hope it happens. I hope I sense it the next time I round a corner. 
he kept in mind the other avenues still available to him, finding the creature at Snowhead's temple, finding him on the way back to Clocktown, or asking the masked salesman for help under the clock tower. One of those leads has to work. Link slowed down when he sensed the mountain valley narrowing. He exited his ball to find a still young knight, and he saw the valley quickly condensing into a singular mountain pathway that sloped steeply upward. One side of the pathway was bordered by a mountain wall, his left. The other side of the pathway had no border. It was a cliff that descended into an immense chasm. Mountain walls on the abyss's opposite end were far, far away, creating a ring that eventually became the wall on his left. The thin path hugging the wall was his only way forward. Tail caught up to him, slightly out of breath. <sighs> I don't think you realize how fast you're going in that thing, Tail said. Something tells me we're close, Link said, ignoring his complaining. But... I can't roll on this path. It wouldn't be safe. Thank Din, Tail said, looking over to see the chasm too. Walking carefully definitely is the move. Link nodded and stepped onto the ledge. Normally, he would have waited until morning to hike on a trail like this, but he was out of time. When the sun rose next, it would be the final day. He walked carefully, wondering if it would be safer in his Goron or human form. Being Darmani protected him from the cold, but his solid rock body was heavier and took up more space. Before he had to make that decision, they neared a sign covered in ice. Tail illuminated its message. Warning! Close to the general public and those who cannot perform the Goron jump. The Goron jump? Tail said. Can you do that? I don't know, Link said. I feel like... Gorons can't really jump far. Huh. I guess the sign didn't think a fairy would ever come through here. I don't need a Goron jump. <laughs> Tail turned to Link, smiling, as if he'd made the best joke in the world. Link humored him with a smile, nonetheless. <laughs> Let's just hope I can figure it out when we get there. They walked on with only the whistling wind to accompany them. The incline gradually increased. The massive drop on the right was a constant threat as they went upwards. Eventually, a rumbling noise startled them both. Link looked up the mountain wall, noticing a boulder of snow tumbling toward them. It was far away, but each pocket of snow it disturbed merely created a larger waterfall of debris. The narrow avalanche shot straight toward Link and Tail, as if through a chute. Watch out! Tail said, flying off the path and over the chasm. Though the Goron hero didn't have that as an option, Link took one step forward, but the thundering avalanche was only seconds away. So instead, he curled into a ball and ground-pounded onto the pathway, wedging himself into the rock. Then the mass of snow came crashing over him. Tail watched as the brown ball disappeared beneath the snow and rock. The avalanche continued pouring over the edge, a frozen waterfall descending into the endless pit. The fairy waited to approach until the new mass of snow had settled. Link! Tail asked. I hope it didn't knock him off the edge. Link was either still buried or had fallen, dead at the bottom of the chasm. A shout surprised Tail. It came from far away, much farther along the path. The fairy turned his head and saw something they hadn't seen before. A massive, square-shaped pile of snow. 
It levitated in the air mere feet from the pathway in the avalanche, and on top of the levitating platform, Hagoron. Link! Tail exclaimed, flying over that way. How did it knock him all that way up there? However, a hand shot out of the snow behind Tail, shocking him again. The fairy spun around to see two thick, muscular arms pulling themselves out of the pile of snow. There are two Hagorons here? Tail thought in alarm. He waited as Link pulled himself out of the snow. The hero shivered beneath the ice now encasing his body. Uh, hey! Tail said, pointing out the Goron well ahead of them. Look! Link turned to notice the same thing, still out of breath as he freed his feet. Most likely, this avalanche had knocked the second Goron over the abyss, and it had been dumb luck that he'd landed on an invisible platform like the ones in Goron Village. Uh. Even Darmani's body can't handle being pummeled like that. He already felt weaker, though he was grateful he hadn't returned to his human form. The avalanche likely would have killed him. He managed to remove his boots and then pushed himself forward through the snow. The pathway was more difficult to traverse now. Who could that possibly be up there? Link thought. The blizzard must be blocking more from our view than we realized. How is he floating in the air like that? Tail asked in bewilderment. He still hasn't asked if I'm okay. Link noted, though he pushed that thought aside for now. As they neared the lone Goron, Link noticed something further out into the chasm, a tall column of ice jutting from the abyss. There was something similar in Goron Village. They called it Lone Peak Shrine, and its pathway was shrouded by magic. Looks like there are more of them in the mountains. It only took a few minutes, and then Link and Tail reached the pathway's edge closest to the invisible platform. The trapped Goron was on his hands and knees, shaking terribly. Though the platform wasn't too far away, a Goron could never make a jump that far. The mountain dweller refused to take a step in any direction, terrified of falling. D Darmani? His voice was hardly a whisper as he looked up to notice them. Gorbis? Link recognized. It was the Goron who'd found him freezing to death in the valley. The deep sadness in his eyes from earlier was replaced with panic. Just hold on, Link said, reaching for his bag. However, his hand only met air. Oh no, my bag's in my human form. You're a g g ghost. No, I'm not. I... Gorbis's hand slipped, and he face-planted. The Goron started shaking even more, no longer completely resting on the ledge outlined by the fallen snow. The air left his lungs as he opened his mouth to release a breathless scream. Whoa, hold on, Link said. He steadied himself as he realized the only way to save Gorbis was to expose himself. He reached for his face and removed the Goron mask. Instantly, his human form and bag returned. The pounds of rock, fat, and muscle were gone— and suddenly, Gorbis was looking at the boy who'd left his hut yesterday, promising to rid Snowhead of the curse. Gorbis's eyes widened, looking up to see Dormani's face in Link's right hand. You... Don't worry, I'll explain everything as soon as I save you, Link said. He retrieved the lens of truth and peered through, revealing the trail of floating platforms that eventually reached the column in the distance. Gorbis lay right on the edge of the one closest to the pathway. Okay, I need you to stand up slowly. 
Link said, looking through to make sure Garbus didn't overstep. He was sprawled out and dangerously close to falling. I, I, I... Garbus, please! Link said. Just calm down and stand up slowly. You're on an invisible block of ice. This lens in my hand is showing it to me. You just have to trust me. You have to stand up. Gorbis, after taking one more frightened glance into the chasm, forced himself to take a deep breath. He shakily stood, pushing himself off the ground as his knees wobbled. The cold quickly tore through Ling's human skin and coat, but he did his best to ignore that as he shook. Now, step just a bit closer, Link said, as soon as Gorbis was on his feet. Toward me! But... Just do it! There's still a little bit of ledge left. I want you to know where the very end of it is. Why? Do you want me to... One thing at a time, Link said. Just take a small step forward. Gorbis eventually did just that, inching his feet slowly toward the endless drop. Good, Link said. Now, stop there! He lowered the lens, putting it back into his bag. Remember where that edge is, because I'm going to ask you to back up, run as fast as you can, and... No, Gorbis exclaimed. I can't do it. I won't make it. I know, Link said. But I'm going to catch you and pull you up once I turn back into a Goron. You... Darmani is strong enough, and besides, that's the only option we have. Link bit his tongue as he said it, however. There was one other option... He could leap over there as a human and teleport him back to the first day with the Song of Time, though sacrificing Tattle was out of the realm of possibility. d d darmani Gorbis said shakily. You have his face. No, Link said, holding the mask up. It's just a... Link trailed off when he realized what he'd been about to say. It's just a mask, he thought. It's not a face. His eyes drifted away from Gorbis, looking down into what appeared to be Darmani in his hands. Those words echoed across his mind, as if he was on the precipice of some great revelation. It's not a face, Link thought again. It's just a mask. He was riding Epona through the woods north of Death Mountain again. There was some terrible snapping sound in the distance. He fell. Epona neighed shrilly in pain. Tail interrupted him before he could piece it together. Link, the avalanche! A familiar rumbling noise came next. Link turned to see a second wave of snow rolling toward them. It was another frozen waterfall, mere seconds away. Link's blue eyes widened. Corbus! He placed the Goron mask over his face, becoming Darmani again. The trapped Goron looked up to see the avalanche, too. I need you to jump! Now! I... I... I can't. He looked nervously at the gap, separating them. If neither of them moved, the falling boulders would wipe them both off a of snowhead forever. Yes, you can! Link said. Jump now, or I'm leaving you there! Gorbis allowed the image of his deceased hero to give him courage. He backed up as far far as he could, planted his feet firmly, and ran. He jumped, stretching outward for Darmani to save him. 
Link managed to grab Gorbis's upper arms, but the heavy mountain dweller pulled him to his stomach instantly. Even with the dead hero's strength, the thick corded muscles on his new arms bulged as he strained to save Gorbis. The rumbling avalanche shadow was already upon them. Link screamed, summoning every ounce of Darmani's power to hoist Gorbis over the ledge. He collapsed on his back and successfully brought Gorbis with him. He lay there, out of breath, as the first boulders bounced onto the pathway. No! Link grabbed Gorbis, jumped to his feet, and pushed them both against a mountain wall. Then the snow barreled on top of them. Tail watched in horror as the avalanches swallowed both Gorons whole.